Welcome back, everybody. It's time once again to talk to the real world of sales, the real people really doing the most amazing things all around us and how they sell themselves to the world. From the woman who's been selling her whole life, our sales coach, <laughs> Ashley V. Welcome, Ashley. Thanks, Paul. Hey, everybody. It's Ashley. Awesome to be here. Um, we have a really great guest today, and um, we're going to get down to business. So we have Patricia Ray. She's an actress. She's an activist. She's an entrepreneur. She does everything. Patricia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to OC uh, Real Radio, the real world of radio talk. Is that what it is? <laughs> We'll, yes. we'll let that slide. Like OC that. Talk Radio with the real world of <laughs> sales. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, Patricia, why don't you um, kick us off telling us where you grew up, where you're from, and how you got started in your career? I am originally from New York. I'm from first generation from Colombian parents. Uh, they immigrated to the United States and... Um, I was raised in Queens, New York. All right. And I just always knew I wanted to be an actress. So I just always followed that path. Was it something like you had a talent for or you did it as a hobby or like how did you figure it out? Did your parents push you to do acting? Never. My my mom was very busy working, waitressing, work, you know, working at swing line, making watches. And, you know, they, they didn't speak English. So I didn't learn. I learned English on television, like watching Sesame Street and the Electric Company, um, the Carol mm-hmm. Burnett show. I love Lucy. So my whole world nice. of, mm-hmm. was immersed in television. So I just, you know, I wanted to do that. I, that I, I wanted to be funny, and I was a, I was very like humorous, clownish kind of child. You know, as soon as I realized I could make people laugh, that's what I wanted to do. All right, I see. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. You know that you're inspired by watching TV, and then you had to learn English from TV. Like that's yes. really cool. So so then, how did you? So did you go to school? Like, did you um, you know, do yeah, any acting I classes to, or anything? Um, I went to, you know, uh, elementary school in New York, and as uh, soon as I could join a theater company, that's what I did. And so I just kind of progressed through every grade, because I moved a lot when I was a young girl. My mother uh, liked to stay in one place, and she got married like three times while I was growing up. I felt like I had to be a chameleon, so theater was a great place for me to kind of fit in with people who didn't feel like they fit in either, you know. So it was just a, like a playground and a place for, where I felt safe uh, being myself and being other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. That's, I think that's how it's kind of like um, imaginary. When you're doing acting, you get to play somebody else's life. So I think I can see that for sure. And, um, you know, it's really like having a business when you're acting. Like how did you end up getting gigs and getting um, shows and parts? It is exactly like having a business because the show part is the talent and the acting. But the business part of show business is you have to have, you know, you have to train, number one, so that you you can have natural talent, but you can't command it if you don't have technique, right? So that's why it's okay. very instrumental mm-hmm. to take classes 
especially for film and television once you start doing that you really have to understand the medium so that you're not too big so you understand how to stand in your you know your um your spots so you're always lit so that takes training it takes technique then you have to have a pictures done and you have to have a resume built up and you can you know you you have to start training also like just doing being part of a community going out there and doing theater meeting other actors that's how you find your like first agent usually through recommendation okay. Mm -hmm. okay so yeah i see that's really good i think that's um it makes a lot of sense like i think that's really good um advice and it's really entrepreneurial and you have to sell yourself. So how did you do that? Like, is there anything, um, you know, specific that you would do to promote yourself? Like, I don't know, did you have to dress a certain way or, um, you know, color your hair or anything like that? My hair is pretty long right now. Um, <laughs> it depends on what, you know, demographic you're going for. Like, uh, the demographic I'm in, my hair should be like shoulder length. And once you start to get older and you want to kind of cover your, your gray hair, you start to lighten it a little bit. Yeah, I think camera, we all do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? Because the <laughs> camera reads the, your hair very dark. So you have to kind of have mm -hmm. highlights in it. So those little things that you learn, you know, once you start working. Also, I recommend young actors to get on set doing extra work just so they can watch people work and start learning about the business, ask questions, listen, pay attention, promoting yourself. The easiest way to promote yeah. yourself mm -hmm. is to take a class, okay. like with a casting director or a, um, you know, uh, someone in the industry and do theater because, you know, you don't have That's to That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't have to be uh, in the union to do theater unless you're doing an equity production, but you can okay. do theater and a lot of times um, agents and managers go to theater to find fresh faces. So like Broadway? Broadway shows? Broadway is not as okay. easy to get into. Like you really have to. Okay, so there are other like, yeah, theaters like plays. Broadway and okay. um in New York off off Broadway and just like theater companies that are taking okay. in members mm -hmm. and becoming a part of a community. Okay. Yeah, I see that's those are great tips definitely. And um I mean there's definitely a lot of sales you have to do there. And what are some of the movies, shows and plays that you've been in? In New York, I was a part of the Intar Lab which did a lot of original plays. Um I'm not supposed to tell you any of the theatrical stuff that I've worked on because of the strike. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, we're going to get into that. That's a whole yes, different ballgame, so, right? Um, but I've done lots of television. I've been in films with very um, well-known, established actors. And uh, it just took, you know, it takes, it's a learning process. And you just have to kind of put the time into it you know this took me 30 years I was already an actress in New York I came out here 21 years ago and I'm wow. still mm -hmm. hustling <laughs> yeah yeah okay I like that hustling yeah for sure I mean is it easier out here than in New York because there's a lot happening out there there is a lot more work here um, in terms of television and TV shows. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I find difficult is that out here, um, they when they're casting Latino specifically, a lot of the roles are written for Mexican. 
which is okay. great because mm -hmm. we've uh, from being here for 20 years you have your mexican you know dialect in your pocket but a lot of times these casting directors don't want to cast you if you're from south america because they want to cast mexican people playing mexican so it, what's the it, difference then i mean if you speak spanish so what does it really matter i don't i don't know it, it just it they get very specific about that and like colombian wow. people mm -hmm. they let Mexican actors play Colombian. Like if you watch Narcos, okay. some of the leads yeah. in that show were mm -hmm. Colombian. I mean, weren't Colombian, they were Mexican. But when when I wanted to audition for this other show that was about Mexicans and it was shot in, um, in Texas near the border, uh, they were very specific about the actors having to be Mexican, except for the leads who actually were Colombian. <laughs> That's so, interesting. Is it maybe like, is it like because of the way, um you know, you look, your features? or Yes, is... I think okay. so. I mm -hmm. think that I don't have the traditional Mexican, more of the round face and the kind of, mm -hmm. the more of the brown skin. My skin is very... Yeah. Um, kind of lighter. Uh, you look like kind of Italian or mixed or something. Exactly. So <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. scream Mexican. So I get cast more as South American or Puerto Rican, you know, more East Coast uh, Latina than really mm -hmm. Mex um, West Coast Latina. So there is a difference, yeah. you would think. So I just, you know, what I ended up doing is I just play myself. You can only sell yourself, right? Right, so right. So if you want a, a sarcastic kind of strong Colombian New Yorker right that then that's who I bring nice yeah <laughs> no that sounds good I, I like that you have to be yourself because I think you know there's so much you can do acting and selling yourself which is like an act but that sounds good I mean and then you you also do a lot of activism now and that's kind of like similar to your job in your what you're saying just now about competing right absolutely like one of the things that I'm very passionate about is representation in television, in film, in commercials. Latinos mm -hmm. make up half of the population, especially in California. We're not being represented. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm out there not just representing actors and the actress strike, but also, you know, the underrepresented, the, the marginalized. And we need to be seen in roles that that give our children a, a, a hope and a glimpse of the future that they could be doctors and lawyers that they can go to school they can they can better their lives so, so you we mean, need to keep pushing for that right yeah no I so, so you mean like roles that are just generic in those TV shows and movies where your background doesn't matter really exactly or okay. she can be a Latina doctor. She could be a Latina lawyer. She could be, you know, um, a tax attorney or whatever. It uh, traditionally uh, Latinos are not considered leads. They're not written into the scripts as leads. Um, we're always like the second fiddle or a supporting character. You know, tr when I was coming up, I played maids and prostitutes, drug addicts. My, my children were always like <laughs> yeah. victims. Mm -hmm. um, so okay. we need to get away from that and start portraying Latinos mm -hmm. in the U.S. as, you know, 
people that have educations, people that yeah. are bettering mm -hmm. themselves. So why do you think that they did that in the movies in the first place? Like, is it because of the audience who's watching or is it just who's running the movies and shows? Exactly. I think a lot of the times, um, a lot of these shows were written by white males because that's just the, the, those are the people that get encouraged to write and go to film schools. Um, where we are not taught to be creative, you know, you don't, if you see a, a big uh, Latino family, you don't hear the parents going, you know, if you want to write, go to school, you know, go to film school, do, you know, study. They tell you, yeah. you know, go get a real job and, you know, mm -hmm. go work, go do, you know, manual labor, go. And so my motto has always been work less with your body and more with your your mind you know yeah that's Work good smarter not harder mm -hmm. yeah for sure for sure yeah that's true i mean i think all these like you know hard labor jobs are are going to actually wear you down at some point and and so you've been out on the streets actually picketing holding signs and um striking with everybody Absolutely. Since mm -hmm. the, the big day one, we've been out there for 75 days. Um, wow. We mm -hmm. went back to the negotiating table with the CEOs of the AMPTP. Um, so the head of all the studios were actually at the table this time bargaining with our bargaining committee and Fran Drescher, our um, yeah, she's cool. of SAG-AFTRA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a really cool lady. I saw her on TV, you know, she was like yelling and screaming because of everything happening and the, so why don't you tell us a bit about how it's been, like there's salary problems that you guys are trying to fight for and um, AI yes. and we you said inclusivity. As actors, we haven't gotten a raise in like over six years and wow, the wow. biggest problem mm -hmm. is our residuals, which is our, if they repeat a show on network television, you used to yeah. get almost mm -hmm. your full salary. And then every time they play it, you got a sliding scale of the original amount. Okay. Now, because all of these networks have a streaming platform, they put the repeat on the streaming platform and you get paid pennies on the dollar. So now we can't even afford to uh -huh. pay for our health insurance. We wow. can't afford, afford oh to gosh. pay for our SAG dues. We can't afford to live. You know, we can't, we don't even have working yeah. wages wow. right now. So that's oh the my gosh. number mm. one. So it's because of like striking. Netflix and like Hulu and all of these streaming platforms. Yes, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime, mm -hmm. all of those platforms. They say they don't know how to monetize uh, streaming, but they know how many viewers are watching it. Every time yeah. you see, if you go on the Netflix splash page, you see number one show, one through ten, number right. two, number three. I've seen it. How, I, I watch Netflix. How do they know that? Yeah. because they they know how many viewers they have so they they can monetize it they just don't want they didn't want to give us the transparency of knowing mm -hmm. really how many times the show is being streamed because then they would have to you know pony up and now they're gonna have to pony up because we're saying yeah. we can't afford to live we can't mm -hmm. even we're talking about not we're not talking about the two percent that are famous like the tom cruises and you know the you mm -hmm. know yeah, uh, George Clooney and um, exactly. Julia Roberts. Yeah, we're talking about the working actor, the one that you go. Oh, I saw her mm -hmm. on this other TV show. 
but you don't know her name. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. We're familiar faces. We're just not household names. So, And that's that's funny because everybody thinks you guys are so rich if you're acting, you know, but they don't know how it really is. Like, it's a struggle like every other person Just like every other industry. We're the middle class, you know. There are doctors and lawyers that take, Mm -hmm. they get, you know, $1,000 an hour. Or they get $100 an hour. You know, there's different tiers in every job. They're trying to basically squash the middle class actor. So that's what really we're fighting for. Yeah. The other thing is that this strike has gotten so much worldwide attention that it is perpetuating and motivating other union workers to go out in there and strike for their rights and for their fair equity. Uh, the steel workers yeah, during those I've last Friday at Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. um, the migrant okay. workers, um, the hotel work union workers. Auto. So it's, mm-hmm. Yep, auto. It's all about being a united front because it, the disparity at this point between the top 2% and the rest of the middle class is getting, the gap's getting so big, we're gonna have two yeah. classes in America. Mm-hmm. The filthy rich and poor. It's already like that, kind. Of, I mean, pretty much. And inflation yeah. isn't helping, it's making it worse. No, no absolutely. And even with inflation, and they haven't raised our rates, that's what we're saying is like, everything costs more, but you're, you haven't given us a raise in like 10 years. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah. somebody's getting rich. Right, right. I saw the salaries for these CEOs of all of these um, production companies. They make like 200 million a year, 500 yes. million a year. It's, mm-hmm. And what's like the average salary for your, your um, average actor, actress? I can tell you that on a really good year, me as a middle class actor, I can, if I'm very, very lucky, I'm talking like I, I was just on a series for three years. I was a recurring uh, type of show guest star. So I got mm-hmm. paid the most you could get paid okay. as a guest star actor besides the series regulars. And I was lucky if I was clearing 100000 a year. And that's with wow. doing six, seven mm-hmm. episodes a year. That's a lot. Most actors never mm-hmm. work that much in their whole lives. How long does it take for each episode uh, to make them? To shoot? Yeah. Um, a week. Okay. So it's, yeah. So you're getting paid for a week's worth of work if you're booked for the whole week. Sometimes they only book you for one day. Yeah. And so, and that's for reoccurring, right? So if you worked maybe one episode or something, you would make like thousand bucks or something. Exactly. For one day's work, you make like $1,100. Now take 40% out of that for the Mm -hmm. government, 20% for your agent and manager. So out of a thousand dollars, you'll clear like 350 bucks at the end of the day. What can you do Mm -hmm. with 350 bucks when gas is $7 a a gallon over here in California? Eggs are $6. Milk Mm -hmm. is $6. You can't even, Mm -hmm. one bedroom apartment, I'm talking 800 square feet in California cost $3,000. Yeah, I saw online recently. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's why a lot of people are moving or... You know, they're going crazy nowadays and angry or living with family. It's it's insane. 
Yeah, a lot of people are leaving the state. Um, we have the, t- the highest. But you can't because bracket. of your field, too. You can't really move to the south or Midwest. Well, I would have to move to the south. They do a lot of filming in North Carolina, Georgia, Louisiana, um, Canada, New York, New Jersey because of the mm-hmm. tax breaks. So I would have to live somewhere on the East Coast where I could commute because a lot of the most of the casting right now is being done um self tapes which you submit online. So basically, okay. you could, I could book a job that's shot in Georgia, mm-hmm. but if I'm saying I'm a local hire, because I live on the East Coast, I would have to get myself there. Because gone are the yeah. days where they would cast you out of LA to, to play something in North Carolina and fly you there. That that doesn't happen yeah. that much anymore. Okay. And, okay, and then you have AI too that's happening. So they could use your face or yes. a show. Right. What they wanted to do is scan the likeness of a background actor, pay him for the day. I think the day rate's like 130 bucks, right? And use it in perpetuity wherever they want for as long as they want. Can you imagine that? Wow. So, like, that's why it's so creepy, too. AI stuff. Say they want to do like a scene where. Uh, like a movie like Gladiator where they have thousands of people in the stands, right? Like Avatar, well, they did use it for that. Exactly. All of those are AI-generated people. Mm-hmm. And now what wow. they want to do is take famous people, like Robin Williams' daughter was just talking about this um, online, saying that producers are taking her father's likeness and his voice and using it to sell their products and she's getting no compensation for it yeah that's messed up for sure and that's what i think it's like all the workers all the businesses now are like having to deal with this technology advancing and like ruining things and making trouble that's sad for sure yeah that's well we have ai is not going away but we have to set boundaries and we have to learn how to work with it so that it enhances our work and doesn't mm-hmm. replace our work. I see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to get some compensation from it. And so, and what are you doing for your part? Like, are you in the negotiations and stuff right now? No, no, I'm not on the SAG committee or anything like that. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like a ground boots on the ground. Yeah. Kind so, of person. so you're yelling at them on the street. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. I, I pick it. I'm a motivated picker. I'm a rallier. I march. Uh, I have nice, a big nice. mouth. I like to go <laughs> out there and motivate people. Um, that's good. That's so. I, I I always tell people, everyone, anybody can be an activist if you're passionate about something and you want to fight for you know the mm-hmm. quality of life. And everybody's activism looks different. If you're good with people and you're good with writing, you know, um, writing to. Uh, letters and write to congressmen, you know, try and change legislation. If you're good with uh, social media, put it on, you know, uh, be active on social media. So I encourage people to go out there and fight for the things that you believe in because literally we're going to be just one small, poor middle class while the rest of 
the United States and the world starts accumulating wealth, you know, and yeah, that's for sure. not okay with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And, and a lot of people, it sucks. It's really terrible. It's getting worse day by day. And yes, you and you talk about a lot of these in your podcast too. That you I have. do. Um, my a lot podcast, of these issues. Uh-huh. Believe this. Um, it's on Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and iHeartRadio. Um, awesome. The podcast is my my partner and I, Chris Krim. We talk about social issues from our different perspectives, and we don't always agree because I feel like in America. If you don't follow the status quo, if you don't, you know, jump on the bandwagon of saying what everybody's saying or believing and not questioning anybody, everything has an agenda. If you follow the agenda, you can start making choices for yourself and making your own decisions. And that's all I wanted. I wanted a, a platform where I had a safe space to question things, uh, social issues, um, hot topics and we do we bet you know we go to tote um every week on the show and we you know we don't always agree especially because he lives in florida and he's super liberal and i live in california and i'm a little bit more moderate you know oh that's interesting i thought you guys would be reversed then (laughs) i know it is and and it makes for a really good we have a good rapport and it makes for a really good um, listening podcast because it's very very animated <laughs> yeah I've, I've listened to some of your guys episodes it was really good oh, which one did you listen to there was I mean there was a few like obviously the one about SAG and then um one about oh, like religion and there was another one um it was I don't know like one of the first ones where you guys were introducing your podcast but you oh. have really good topics a lot of good topics like um you know what's happening recently and the news and stuff and I think you guys had good views and good advice so I think yeah I've definitely everybody needs to tune in and they oh, can follow you, you on social media right Patricia yes Ashley thank you so much we're on Twitter yeah. at believe this 23 and on Instagram at the believe this podcast and if you guys are interested in emailing us we're at bt for you then number four bt for you pod at gmail.com and uh, follow me on the Patricia Ray and also on Twitter at the Patricia Ray and Chris uh, Krim and C-R-I-M and Patricia how do you spell Ray R-A-E Patricia when I was a young girl (laughs) I wanted to be more marketable talking about trying to sell yourself and sell your your sell your goods as an actor i americanized my name because my last name was actually loza l-o-z-a and when Mm -hmm. i would go into castings casting directors would actually say patricia lopez oh my gosh okay can you not read (laughs) there's no p in there there's no p there's no e it's l-o-z-a and it just drove me crazy and the other thing was Mm -hmm. i was like why do i need to i'm american I'm first-generation American. I wanted yeah. to be able to play anybody, you know? I didn't want to be typecast. So I changed my name many years ago to Patricia Ray. So Ray is the name you made? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I like okay. Norma Ray and yeah, uh, Faye Ray. So I dropped the nice. Y and I just kept the R-A-E. Okay, <laughs> nice okay Jewish cool, spelling. Cool. I grew up with a lot of Jewish people, so. 
<laughs> I see. Okay, that's really good. That's definitely important for branding and marketing, your name for sure. Oh, absolutely. But if you can't um, remember somebody's name, how are you going to find their product? Right. Exactly. That's so true. Well, Patricia, you know, you had awesome advice. You know, everybody go to her Instagram, her Twitter, listen to her podcast, and um, make sure that you tune in because there's a lot happening with SAG, with TV shows. We want to watch our TV shows. We want to see everybody compensated. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. And you guys are welcome to join us on the picket line. We're still fighting. We're still out there. And, uh, you know, if other unions need help and they need you know voices and and uh, community reach out because we'll come out i'll come pick it for you with you yeah that sounds awesome that's great thank you so much patricia for being on the show today we oh, appreciate thank it you for having me i appreciate it yeah for sure good luck with everything thank you and how do we plug your book ashley my book, everybody, is called Ferocious Cell Skills. It's red. There's a wolf on it. It's on Amazon, yeah. iTunes, and Barnes & Noble websites. So you can go ahead, listen to it, buy it, and read it. It's really helpful. And how do they find the real Ashley V? Me? Well, you guys can see me on Instagram, and um, you can look up the Real World of Cell Show, and then you guys can message me there. Okay. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. Well, there you have it. One more reason to tune in each and every time to the real world of sales right here on your only real community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studios here at the University of California Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.